Yes, sir. There he is. <laughs> Who are you talking to? I'm talking to the camera. All right. I just had to have some filler time. <laughs> get your screen time where you can. Yeah, I just had some very flattering things to say about you, so I left. <laughs> Thanks. Next. <laughs> <clears throat> Thank you. All right. Um. All right. Cool. So, Alan Stern, what's going on? I'm good. Good. I'm good. Cool. Yeah. So. Uh, basically, the only point of this is to get relevant information from your mouth, filtered through my mouth, to people that want to hear it through their ears. I don't give obviously, a shit what we talk about. Obviously, that does not include my children, because they don't want to hear it. Sure, yeah. I'm sure They've, they've heard, heard enough. Heard it to death. My wife doesn't want to hear it. She's heard enough. Don't worry. She doesn't have to listen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why should this be any different than anything else I do? <laughs> uh, so... Alan does a whole bunch of different stuff. Most importantly, he is a dentist, a very good dentist, Thank and you. an advocate for the best dentistry possible. Um, I am super impressed by Alan. We have a little bit of a history, friendship, <laughs> and a professional relationship developed over the years. He's a cool dude and a good friend. Um, I have a couple business things about your business I want to ask you. And then I have some things like personally about for me that I want to ask you. Delighted. Um, Bring it. First thing. Better, richer, stronger. Yes. Let's talk about that. Oh, man, that, there's a long history behind, behind that, Mason. Um, uh, I am a couple of months older than you are. Uh-huh. Been around for a while. Yeah. And I've been practicing dentistry for, it's now 42 years. Graduated May 16th, 1981. Do the math. Okay. And in that time, I made dozens upon dozens of mistakes. Business mistakes that cost me a fortune. Trusting people who were not, had not earned my trust. Mm -hmm. Staying with advisors and consultants who were not watching out for my best interest. And by the way, that is not an indictment of anybody. Because if somebody's not a perfect fit, it was it's my responsibility, it's your responsibility to determine that and make decisions. So I stayed with advisors who left me a couple of hundred thousand dollars in debt in my 50s with no increase in income to pay for it. Mm -hmm. And that tossed, me, that tossed me into, I wouldn't call it depression, I was not clinically depressed, but boy, was I miserable. Mm -hmm. And so... I clawed my way through those problems with help, with help from a world-famous therapist, with help from some fantastic coaches and advisors who guided me to my happy life. Mm -hmm. And having come through it, having rolled up my sleeves and really dug my way out and also up the mountaintop, I realized that a lot of dentists have been or are in the boat that I was in. Mm -hmm. And I knew that the lessons that I've learned were going to serve a purpose through my work. And Better, Richer, Stronger is exactly what I am. And I am here uh, not only to practice dentistry, to love the people who come to me and trust me, mm -hmm. like you. So what um, exactly is Better, Richer, Stronger? Oh, thank you. Yeah. It is a, a coaching service for dentists. Yeah. You want it that simple? Yeah. But the why is very important. The yeah, W, yeah. the why. Um, so I coach other dentists. Yeah, yeah to get to the point that I'm at. Okay. Practicing happily, practicing who I am, okay. who you are, and also making enough money 
so that you can live the life that you want. So it seems by the way you're talking that dentists are not happy and not living the life that they want. So what's going you on? Can't in, make... What's going on in dentistry that's got you so fired up to teach other dentists about what you what, know, what, what you learned? What I learned uh, ten years ago, a beloved, highly successful colleague committed suicide. Mm -hmm. I know that dentistry for hit has long been one of the highest number suicide two. rates. Number two behind yeah. police officers and soldiers, yeah. And when I saw what happened to me, mm -hmm. and then I saw what happened to the beloved and beautiful Dr. Andrea Bierman from Leewood, Kansas, I decided to do something about it. And mm -hmm. that was the birth of it all. And when I gave a presentation to the Alumni Association that of the Education Institute that made me what I am today professionally, mm -hmm. and four of... Uh, 150 overachievers in our profession came up to me and my teaching partner and thanked us. Mm -hmm. I knew that I had something mm -hmm. and I had to give it. Why is, why, what's in your experience and your t teaching and you're talking to all these different dentists, why is it so, such a difficult profession to be involved in and why does it lead to so much mental, you know, strife and all that? Mm -hmm. Well, we suffer, for, we are trained in dentistry overtly or subliminally by good people who don't know any better, that if your work isn't perfect, it's crap, and if your work is crap, you're crap. Mm. That's the, the subliminal message that susceptible people get from perfectionistic training. Mm -hmm. And we suffer from perfection syndrome. Yep. We suffer from comparison syndrome, because mm -hmm. we all brag about how great we are, mm -hmm. and how, how much money we're making, and how perfect we are in our dentistry. Yeah. And you hear that enough times and it gets pounded into your head that you are just not good enough. And the exact opposite is true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've struggled with that exact frame of thought in my own life. And I've yeah. talked about it on here before. Me too. Perfection, perfectionism and the struggling with uh, trying to be perfect and striving for excellence and, and, and how pointless that can be. Yeah, one of, <laughs> one of the greatest people who lived in the profession of dentistry is a man that you, your audience can't see it, but there's a man in the upper upper left okay. corner there, an older man, and that was a great doc, late great Dr. Henry Tanner, who arguably was one of the greatest dentists and greatest teachers of this profession. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Tanner said, "That excellent stuff is good, but that perfection stuff will kill you. Mm. It'll kill. It'll. It will drive you to suicide. It literally will. Yeah. Like. Yeah. It. it yeah." You need to give yourself room to breathe in your own mind. And let, let me just add to that, Mason. You need to give the world a little bit of grace. Mm -hmm. That if somebody falls short mm -hmm. where you think they're falling short, don't be so quick to stomp on them. Because everybody's carrying something. I am at this moment. You are at this moment. And whoever is honoring us with their time by listening is carrying something. So... The thing to do is to be nice to yourself mm -hmm. and project that kindness out to other people. Yeah. I can't. Unbelievable amount of change happened just in my life for my own mental health when I just started treating myself better. Yeah. yeah. And you've been through a lot. I, I know a good part of it. Mm -hmm. uh, you are a renaissance man, a resilience kid, <laughs> and you have emerged as just a powerhouse for good in the world and i'm very proud of you uh, it's it's not as good 
sometimes as I'd like it to be. But yeah. What? So then, what makes you different than the rest of the world? Oh, nothing. 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 You're that. You will never be as good as you want to be. Yeah. You're going to grow and rise, and dentists don't understand this. You're going to grow and rise, and you're going to reach a point, and then you're going to fall off, mm. and then you're going to see another mountain to climb. And if you're smart, or if you're wise from experience, you're not going to say, that guy up there is great and I suck. Mm -hmm. No, that guy up there is showing me what's possible. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because I teach all these lessons to like little kids, and then I fucking forget them myself. Like, don't say. Uh, no, all right, kid. listen. We don't say that word here. What? The word is fucking. Fucking. If you're gonna say it right, because if you say fucking, you sound fucking crude. Okay. Hey, this is my fucking show, man. Well, fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> humor, humor, <laughs> humor. <laughs> Is, is a very important tool that if you know how to use it right, yeah. it, it breaks the stress, it connects people, and it makes the people involved in the conversation just lighten up a little bit. <laughs> now, I'll use, I'll use that vocabulary where I know the audience yeah. is primed to hear it. Yeah. There are other things I do humorously, and you've heard some of them in a more proper audience, but, but sometimes those, those words will just add a little bit of spice it does. To, to the food that is conversation. Yeah. I think that's like what, the, you know, we were talking about this morning. Oh, what does everybody like about the meeting? Or what? Yeah. We're in a networking group together. So we meet with a bunch of professionals and stuff. So I see Alan once a week. Um, but, uh, I think it's just cause we bust each other's balls. Yeah. Well, and yeah. all of us have the respect to be ball busted and to bust balls. The, yes, and, you have And it's that give and take that I think everybody steps into. And that's like, for us, it's just how we live. And that's why we found each other. But for guests and stuff, it's yeah. funny when people aren't used to that. Oh my God, I can joke around in a professional setting? Yeah. Well, fuck yeah, buddy. Why wouldn't you be able to? Why not? Yeah, life, like... <laughs> life is about relationships. Yeah. And I spoke this morning to our business group. And the thing that um, young people have to understand is that the world is digitizing, commoditizing. Um, communication has been reduced to this, and that is going to kill us. Mm -hmm. What you have to understand is that there is no substitute for eye-to-eye -eye conversation. There's not. There's if, it, not. if it's video, look, if you're in California and, I'm, and someone's in California, we're here in New Jersey and we have a message, fine, you could hop on Zoom and you could accomplish close to the same thing. But if you're going to text or email, um, you got to be aware that voice intonation and eye contact add to the conversation something that a digital platform cannot do. I mean, just before I said, you know, go fuck yourself. I could say, hey, go fuck yourself. If you texted me that, I'd be so confused. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. So, <laughs> but you know, when you said it, I was like, oh, no, yeah, it's like, fun. We're having fun. <laughs> but uh, a big message I want to get out to the Gen Xers, the Gen Zers, all of you people who are just beginning to, to discover the wonders of life, please, for God's sake, put down a fucking cell phone. And get on Zoom or get together over a cup of coffee, a can of beer, or, or, or if you're a bon vivant like I am, a little good single malt, yeah. and, and just get together and talk. Yeah. Please don't lose that art. 
because, you know, we're talking about artificial intelligence now, mm -hmm. and they're talking about artificial intelligence threatening humankind. And it's really true. Because if you're going to have a bot speak for you, where's the humanity? Yeah, I only think it's going to threaten humankind if we take ourselves out of the equation. And we can very well. Yeah, and we and that it's giving us the option, which is scary, but I also don't think that it will be that for the people that don't want it. Like, for the people that want to just go into the metaverse and fucking disintegrate, go for it. Because no, your, muscle, your muscles atrophy in, like, a week and a half, and just guess what? Like, if you're in that thing for over a week without proper movement and whatever, no, good luck. You're going to die. But yeah. that's fine. So for the people that aren't going to die, I think that we can just use that as a... Uh, I just call it the internet, too. Yeah, maybe, it's maybe it's if you use internet. it as an adjunct, yes. It's if just you... better internet. Like, everybody's so scared of, oh, it's just internet number two. I'm not sure, because there are people who use it for nefarious purposes. Some people use the internet for nefarious purposes, too. Yeah, but this takes it up a notch. Yes, so and did the internet when you didn't have it. We have to be careful. We have to have proper controls and defense mechanisms. Yeah, and definitely. the only way you're going to do that definitely. is if you don't forget your humanity. Yeah, if you don't forget 100%. that this or talking <clears throat> to a bot and let it translate 100%. it for you, no, humanity right. first. Yeah. I have faith in humanity, though. I do. I think that, that the majority of people don't want to disintegrate. The thought might be nice, like, oh, metaverse, so many possibilities. But once enough people feel like shit, you're not going to get very far. I agree. Asterisk. Yeah. No, there is too. risk. Too. There yeah, is there risk. risk. There's risk. And trust me, it doesn't have to get better before it can get worse. But I, yeah. I think that there's an Oh, well, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. But, um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. There's just like there's so much else going on in the world. It's like AI it doesn't even matter. I hope you're right. Yeah. There's just too much going on. You know, there's just too much mathematical perfection in this world for that to even matter. An inkling of, you know, if it's not going to, you know, be right into the stream of, of the flow of the world, then why, why is it here? You know? So yes, you it, can't you can't stop that flow. That you can't stop growth. No, I don't think so. I think it's just it's just natural, and I think it's just the next evolution of the internet and and, and algorithm. I hope you're right. Yeah, I think so. It's just it'll it'll just be a mirror, just like the internet is. We use it for what we use it for, right? Yeah. So it's like, what are we going to use it for? So, yeah, but we have to be equipped with the emotional yeah. tools yeah. and the communication tools to handle it. Yeah, everybody gets so down on like the negatives, like that's so scary, taking jobs. All it's like, why do you why 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 do you want to do a job that AI can fucking do? Why do you want to do it? Find another fucking, fucking job. Go. Find another job. Find another job that you would want to do. To train Honestly. and gr learn, grow and train. Yeah, yeah, just adapt. And not like, oh, just like, there's this thing, <laughs> I love this little learn to code thing. Like when the, when all this trucking automation and shit came out, there was some guy that was just like, well, truckers should just fucking learn to code. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that's the biggest asshole thing you can say. But if you did, as a trucker, learn to code and you understood trucking and automation, you'd fucking make a killing. Yeah, and, and it's here, like it's not a joke. It's just like that's like yo, that's where it's going. Learn to code. So it's an asshole thing to say, obviously, to someone that's losing their job. Well, no, but if we could rephrase it a little yeah. bit, and if we could train the children of the world, yeah, and by children I mean much younger than you. Oh yeah, if we could train them to understand that stress is an opportunity for growth. Um, yeah. What did I come up with? Um, discomfort is a blessing. Yeah, if you use it properly. Al, the book of Alanisms is coming out very soon. And Alanism number one is show me a person without stress and I'll show you a cadaver. Yeah. And if we utilize stress 
to refine us and not define us, mm -hmm. then we grow. Growth happens at the intersection of anger and opportunity. So if you get to the truckers of the world, we need you guys. But if you feel that your job is threatened, use that stress to grow yourselves a little bit more. Uh, don't want to grow? That doesn't work. If you stop growing, you stop living. So life is a process of growth. And even at my age, mm -hmm. um, I am going to be celebrating my 21st birthday for the 49th time. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not retiring. I'm refiring. I am learning new things. I have new challenges in front of me that are absolutely formidable. But damn, the reward at the other end of it, wowee. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of, uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you is you just have like a passion for life and it keeps getting re-sparked. And I think that that is just a testament to life will re-spark itself if you let it. Yeah. And, uh, I just think, uh, I heard, man, I was at my friend's 21st birthday party. It's like her parents and her parents, friend, you know, all the, the close family, whatever, everybody. Um, and it was like, oh, cheers to 21. And then like one of like someone was made the joke like, oh, it's all downhill from here. And I was like, no, it's fucking not, Kelsey. That no, is, um... it absolutely isn't because the my life has gotten exponentially better since mm -hmm. I have, oh, been able to drink, oh, whatever, go to a bar, turn 21. No, because I put in time, because I followed my dreams, because I worked hard and it's sick and it just keeps getting better. And it's a testament when you start doing that, start meeting people like you that have done it for this many years yeah. and to know that it just keeps getting better and better and better and better. It's like, fuck yeah. All right. That's motivation enough just to keep going to the next day. If you need that, you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, I just hated that. That was even like, well, I didn't hate it. Like, you know, she's too far gone. Let her, you know, let her go downhill. But for Kelsey, you know, I was like, I told her a million times. I go, no, this is the point where life, you decide life gets better or life gets worse. Decide that it gets better. Like, do you want to be like, how sick is it to be a rich adult? Like when you're 40, if you're 40 and you could fly to an island when you wanted to and take off work when you wanted to, how sick is that? But these people didn't make that happen. You still have the opportunity to make that happen, right? Yeah. So how is it all downhill from there? It's only uphill in my mind. I'm only going to make more money. I'm only going to get smarter. I'm only going to figure out more shit. I'm only going to get calmer. I'm only going to have more relationships with people over time. So how is that worse? How is it all downhill from there? Yes. How the fuck is it all downhill from there? It is. Well, it's it, like, it is what you it's want like, it to be. Exactly. And that's why it's like, this is the important message. It's like, it is what you want it to be. Yep. Yeah. You know, I was down and out in my mid fifties. Mm. And then I turned 60. And granted, I married a, a great lady. We have a wonderful marriage. When did you marry uh, Frank? <laughs> August 14th, 1977. We were married 46 years in okay. August. I thought you were going to say you can do the math. <laughs> yeah, you can do the math. But and okay. I met her 50 years ago in October. Okay. We met at a Halloween party. Wow. Yeah. The story will bore people, but I'll tell you the story offline if you want. It, okay. it, it's pretty funny. It was just at a fraternity party. Mm -hmm. And by the way, we are going to Las Vegas in a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm to celebrate my 60 10th birthday. <laughs> and we are going with 
two of our fraternity brothers and sorority sisters. Hey, we I know them fun. for 50 years. That's cool. And our friendship, we, uh, uh, two, three of us died. Uh, one of us embezzled us out of tens of thousands of dollars. Uh. But a core group of <clears throat> us is getting smaller, sadly. But we are going out there with friends of 50 years. You can't even imagine that. Yeah. What a joy that is and how, how much we grow yeah. in 50 years. It's crazy because it's like, that's what I like. That's what I'm looking forward to because I'm like, I'm only 25. And they've known each other for double the time I've been alive. Yeah. Plus the time that they developed to like before that to know each other. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's it's, a lot it's to go into amazing. this. Yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. Great. You know, Jimmy Buffett wrote the song Changes in Latitude. I don't know if your generation is uh, parrot heads at all. I don't know it off the Jimmy uh, Buffett, the line is Jimmy Buffett. In Jimmy Buffett's song, Yesterday's Over My Shoulder. I can't look back for so long. There's too much to see waiting in front of me. Yeah. And I know that I just can't go wrong. Yeah. And I'm looking, I, I get very emotional about that because I look back at what I've done. And clearly, you know, I'm approaching the red zone of lifespan, right? Yeah. But I'm looking forward with incredible, like a volcano of emotions. Yeah. That... There, I got a lot of work to do. You still have my whole lifetime ahead of you. <laughs> More than that, God willing. Yeah, God willing. I, I, my, um, my father is going to be 99 years old. Yeah. Uh, my mother died at 87, but she was a Holocaust survivor. She had her body and her brain abused by a lot of people. Yeah. My mother-in-law died at 101. Yeah. So I am hoping that Fran and I will be viable and strong mm -hmm. till the end, whenever yeah. that might be. Yeah. We work out a lot, you know that. Mm -hmm. um, I keep myself active mentally. Does, how big, how long of a plank can you do? Uh, I, at age 66, I did it for 10 and a half minutes. Now I've fallen off a little bit and I got injured and I'm, my injury is recovered. Um, I got to nine, then I got hurt uh -huh. and I'm working my way. Yes, yesterday, uh, before my stretch flexibility training, I just banged out a four minute. Nice. I went to my trainer, our friend's son. I said, Don, I just did four. I said, get back there and do another two. Did another two. I said, okay. He said, get back there and do another one. So I did a four, a two, and a one. So, yeah, I, I could bang out a four minute plank right now if you wanted me to. Okay, everybody, your challenge, if you want a challenge, is to do a four minute plank today. Um, that's your benchmark. See where you are. And let Mason know about it, and he'll let me know about it. <laughs> and you will drive me to get to tw I, my. I wanted to. My birthday is next week. I wanted to get to twelve minutes, but I had a, a shoulder injury, and I developed a bone spur on my elbow. So I'm coming uh, back from that. I will do twelve before my next birthday. All right. So we all should be able to do four minutes. We're trying to get to twelve minutes. Don't sh No. 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 <laughs> Oh, Another yeah, Alan is a That's don't true. That's true. No, that's don't good. shoot on yourself. Yeah, that's a good one. That's don't shoot on yourself yeah, and I don't shoot on anybody else. Uh, we all uh, just try four, try four minutes. Just try to get to four. Let me refine that for you, young man. <laughs> uh, I've been alive, what, more than more than double you've been alive, yes. right? Um, bring the best version you've of... You've been alive three times as long as I've been alive, almost. Male offspring of female dog. <laughs> <laughs> I know how to curse. Uh -huh. 
Um, you bring, you do not shame on yourself. You don't should yourself. Yeah. Bring your best version of you, whether it's in your workouts or in your daily work or in your relationship with your family, with your friends, be the best version you are at any given moment. And if you stumble and fall, yesterday I was at the gym and coach Tom put me through a really heavy workout and I stumbled. I wasn't feeling a hundred percent yesterday. And I almost keyword almost said, I can't do this. And coach Tom said, we'll just make a few little modifications. Just get through it. And I fucking did it. I went through a really intense workout with a couple of slight modifications for my physical condition at that moment. And I did it. So don't shoot on yourself. I brought my best self to the gym yesterday and I felt great about it. So if you want to use me, uh, I would be honored and humbled and my life's work will be that much better if one of you uses me as an inspiration and you want to take your physical health up to the next notch and notice I'm pretty good, but I'm not perfect. I'm not, I've got five, eight pounds that I can't get rid of, but damn it for somebody my age. Yeah. I, I could probably outdo people your age. Yeah. That's why, that's why, that's what I meant. They go try for, see where you're at. That's where do your best. Are. This guy's 60 plus 10 and he can do over 10 minutes. So just build, we just, can get there. We can do this thing. It takes a long time to become an overnight success. Yeah. Just, just part. climb the ladder rung by rung. Yeah. And by the way, can I add something else, Mason? You can do whatever you want. Whatever what I want? Whatever, whatever the... What are you going to do whatever the fuck you want? boy. <laughs> the, the other principle I want you all to be aware of, as long as this is a freewheeling discussion, and those of you who have stuck with us this long, thank you. Um, no one gets there alone. Whatever, whatever you aspire to, whatever you want to achieve, no one... If you want to get there fast, do it yourself. But if you want to get there and stay there, bring someone along with you. A coach, an advisor, a mentor, a consultant. I don't care what you call it. I would not be me if it weren't for a handful of critical people who popped into my life at critical times. Yeah. A world, world-class therapist, an amazing peak performance coach, a business coach, a speaking coach, two personal trainers and a partridge in a pear tree. They made me what I am today. I go out to a retreat every year called Leadership and Legacy with two of the most brilliant women in dentistry. Two of the most brilliant women, people of any gender in the dental profession. And I learn with some of the most high-powered people. I, I, I don't even know how the hell I belong there. But all of a sudden, I work my way into that group, and I'm a, I'm a very important member of the Leadership and Legacy community. I started out as a timid guy who wouldn't even raise his hand. And now I'm a valued member of a community. So you get there with the help of people. Surround yourself yeah. with like-minded people. Surround yourself with people who will bring you up. And anyone who's dragging you down, walk away with grace. Yeah. Um, walking away with grace. Yeah. the hardest thing to do it's very hard and when 
when I discovered in my journey what my true core values are, I did a deep dive. I did a couple of deep dives. And I realized that one of the things that drives my behavior, that drove my behavior in the past, unconsciously, now that it's in my consciousness, I filter what I say through my own, we call it integrity, through my core values. Mm. And my driving core value is that people are precious and people are fragile. So the biggest asshole that you run into Mm -hmm. is a human being who has, who's carrying something. Mm -hmm. It's a human being with a glass jaw somewhere. But that human being is somebody's mother, father, sister, brother, son, daughter. They are loved by somebody. And man has an an irreducible need for love and belonging. That's Brene Brown. Um, So when I look, and I have run into people who have really gotten me upset, really pissed me off, hurt me in ways that are irreparable, I have learned Inside, I'm angry, but I've learned to filter that through my core value that that son of a bitch mm-hmm. is loved by somebody and is in need of love. It's just I'm not going to be the source of it, but I'm also not going to be the source to the best of my imperfect ability to gut punch that person. Let somebody else do it. Let God do that. Mm-hmm. That's not for me because anytime, anytime I retaliate, or attack offensively, mm-hmm. you know who, who comes out worse off? Me. Um, so I, and I've screwed it up a couple of times. I have screwed it up a couple of times, and I have got punched people because I didn't think first. And I've had to forgive myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What are some ways that we can forgive ourselves to create a little more space so we don't hurt other people? I think it's very important um, to look in the mirror and see a well-intended, well-trained human being who's designed to be very good but never perfect. And one of the techniques that I use, if I'm scared out of my mind, I'll put a smile on my face, I'll stand up, I'll hold my arms over my head because there's an endorphin release there. Excuse me, I'm, just, I'm allergic to something here. Mm. Um, and celebrate myself. I look back at myself when I was your age, and I see myself. Scared. Afraid of the future. Afraid of something happening. Afraid of my mistakes coming back to knock me below ground level. I can look at young Alan and say, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. I'm you. Look where you are X years from now. Mm-hmm. As long as you keep going with goodness in your heart and sharpness of your wit, governing what you're doing. The other thing that I use is, if you haven't read Brene Brown, she's amazing. She's a shame researcher. Uh, she's got tons of books out. She's got a great TED Talk. I am imperfect. I am enough. Imperfection is really a gift because it's a vehicle for growth. Yeah. 
oh, it sounds easy. Mm-hmm. It sounds real easy. It took me therapy to get that. It took me counseling. It took me coaches to get there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of reading and a lot of thinking. And I still screw it up from time to time. Mm-hmm. I am imperfect, but I am good, Mace. Yeah. I am good. I, uh, when I first came into your office, the thing that caught my eye was the knitted poster of one of your famous quotes. Which one? That says, I am a force for good wherever I go. No matter how flawed or perfect I may be, or how excellent or flawed I may be. That came out of... Yeah, um, tell me where that came from. That came out of the Leadership and Legacy retreat that I spoke about a moment ago. Mm-hmm. My dear friend, who's now a big sister to me, Mary Osborne, um, invited me to join this group. And I said to Mary, what is a little unknown schlepper like me going to do with and I rattled off a batch of these huge names in dentistry that are associated with her. And she said, Alan, trust me, I know you. You belong here. And I said, but, 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 but. And Mary said, trust me, Alan. And so began a friendship that is more like a brother and a big sister to a little brother. And her colleague, Joan Unterschutz, is another big sister to me, a little brother. And they are older than I am. Mm-hmm. And they are killing it. And so we went through it. Leadership and Legacy is a three-day retreat out at um, a very serene and tranquil resort south of Seattle. Mm-hmm. And we go there and we process information, guided information on self-growth, personal and business development. And at the end of my first one, where I discovered that I was a person of value amongst a group that people that I could never touch or I thought I could never touch their greatness. Mm-hmm. She had, they had all of us spend 15 or 20 minutes writing down what we got out of that set, that retreat. And I came up with that and every person stood up and there was not a dry eye in the house. Mm-hmm. Every one of us was crying as we read the earth-shaking things that we took away. And mine was, I'm going to try to do this without breaking, but um, I have realized that let me continue to improve as a force for good wherever I go, no matter how excellent or flawed I may be. Because you know what? Everybody wants to give. When you do something good for somebody, that feels good. There are things that I've done randomly for somebody else that just made them feel good, but very frankly, it made me feel better. Yeah. Do we have a moment for a story? Yeah. You'll edit this out to whatever. No, this is part. This is it. All right. Well, okay. So wiping the nose. Sorry about that. This is it. When when you got a nose this size, it's a big problem. Yeah, Mishnahs. That's it. (laughs) I was born that way, baby. Um... So I was in Phoenix um, earlier this year for a speaker's conference, and I am privileged. I, 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 I don't take this for granted, but I have access to the United Club. Mm-hmm. It's a, a real quiet place, the hustle bus of the airport. It's a nice lounge. They've got drinks. They've got food, yeah. everything there. Yep. 
So I'm online to get into the United Club at five o'clock in the morning and no, I was not having a drink. I wanted to have breakfast. And there was a young man, a couple of people in front of me and you have to show your, your United Club pass. And this kid, I hear them saying, um, do you have your orders to travel? I said, no, uh, it just came through at the last minute. I don't have it. And it was apparent that this young man was a soldier and United Airlines is gracious enough to extend United Club benefits to active duty military. Great. But this kid didn't have proof. And they said, I'm sorry, young man, we have to, we yeah, can't let you in. Yeah. So he started walking out. I, I looked and I said, and I didn't even think about this. Yeah. Okay, I didn't even have to think. I said, wait a second. I went to the clerk. I said, um, can I bring this young man in as my guest? And they said, sure. Bingo. And damn, did I feel good. Yeah. This kid couldn't believe that some random geezer, and, and by the way, if I would have had to pay, mm -hmm. I think it cost $60 to get in, I would, I would have doled out the $60. Yeah. But, but I brought him in. We had breakfast together. We had a lovely conversation. He's a young pilot. He's a Navy pilot in training. He was reporting. He was traveling from Phoenix to somewhere in Texas to learn how to fly Navy jet fighters to defend 300 million people that he will never meet. Mm -hmm. And he couldn't, he was up and down thanking me. And uh, man, I'm sitting there thinking, I was a force for good today. Yeah. Mission accomplished for yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. So anytime you do something good for another human being, whether it costs you money or whether it's a smile, a good morning, an encouragement to somebody who's down. Anytime you do that, man, the endorphins start flying. So I would encourage you just, if you can, if, if you just got nothing to do today, or you're mindlessly drifting through your work, if your work is drudgery, look up, do something to make somebody else feel good. And damn, you're going to feel like you've done something today. Make somebody's life better each and every day. It's true. It's so important. It is. Yeah. It helps. It makes you, yeah. It makes the world better. It makes the world better, but like we were talking about before and just like looking at yourself in a different way. Yes. Like that shit, you know, like we all get down on ourselves about these mistakes and they carry like, oh, but we forget like how far these good things carry too. Like just as far as fucking up. Will helping out. Copulating in the Y positive direction for those who are good at math. There you go. <laughs> Copulating in the Y positive direction. Um, <laughs> say that three times fast. And uh, yeah, just, yeah, it, it's uh, it's hard to remember that shit. When you're you know, do you know why? When you're in a hard spot. You know why? Uh, There's a reason. Okay. Well, and it's I in science. A, I have an idea and it's probably rooted in math. No, it's rooted in, in well, neurophysiology. Guess, well, guess what? That's all math. Um, Whatever. <laughs> uh, Let him talk. It is. We are, um, and th this is something that I coach to all the time, that dentists suffer from terribly. And, you know, when it, if you decide, Mason, that you don't want to be my patient anymore um, and you go somewhere else, I think the world is coming to an end. Oh. Reject rejection and dentists suffer from this terribly in fact we all suffer from it terribly 
because we are built with a part of our brain called the amygdala. The amygdala is the primitive reptilian brain, which if we go outside into the parking lot here and a car was coming at us at 60 miles an hour, we would reflexively run like hell. Mm -hmm. We, that's not something we think about because our, our amygdala, our survival instinct says fight, flight, or flee, fight, flight, or freeze. Mm -hmm. There's no thinking there. And it kicks in automatically. What happens in this first world we live in, where we have people who challenge us, people who insult us, people who say, oh, that Mason Stelfox, he's no good. You think of it, or Mason, um, you're fired as my videographer. Sorry, get out. We fail to think about, we, our, our executive brain doesn't kick in in time, and we stop thinking about the hundreds of other people that you have served brilliantly yeah. and who will refer you and who will pay you good money. Mm-hmm. Not very, very much, but it's all good. Mm-hmm. They'll pay you good money to do your thing. Yeah. So we, this fight, flight, or, or freeze <clears throat> instinct comes up in an inappropriate time. Yeah. That's, that's where we get in trouble. Yeah. So, yeah, you can... You can forget these things very easily, and it's not your fault. What are some ways that we can try and remember in those moments? Same thing as I said before. Mm -hmm. You look at yourself as a force for goodness. You look at yourself as a highly accomplished, never perfect, Mm -hmm. got lots to learn, Mm -hmm. human being of good intent. And you have to get up in the morning and really understand that you are here for a purpose. And I don't care if it's if you believe in God, I don't care if you believe in the universe, or if you don't, I don't care if you believe in simple humanism. All of that, every one of those ways is a great way of thinking. Um, one of my Alanisms is more or more than one right answer. So you have to look, look at yourself in the mirror as a faulted and flawed, outstanding member of the human race. Yeah, yeah, really. That's, I continually ask these questions to people who I think can answer them. And that seems to be the underlying answer. Is I am imperfect. I am enough. Once you and just accepting yourself and that's like, that's full acceptance on both sides of the scale. I am imperfect. I am enough. Yes. And that's the paradox of life. And that's like the hardest part is like holding those two truths. Who, who in your world has done everything a hundred percent right a hundred percent of the time? Nobody. And you're no exception. You are a human being. Mm-hmm. You will be flawed. But if going back to another point I made, if you use that, that imp- awareness of what you don't know as a point for growth, you'll just get better and better. Yeah. But, but you're never going to know everything. Yeah. Sorry. That's, yeah. yeah. That's a good one. Um, it is 1020. I want to be home in a little while. So this is a long conversation. And to those of you, we have, we, we are endowed, uh, I think since the digital age, we have the attention span of a third grader. Most of us. That's not why, but no. Well, whatever. uh, We're going to, we're going to, uh, no, you don't because you're listening to this for a reason because you seek out valuable information. 
So I'll listen to this guy. I mean, you do listen to him, but just not for that last part. He's full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, to those of you, to those of you who have stayed with us, first of all, thank you. Mm-hmm. Because you're helping me to accomplish my mission in life, and that is to be a force for good. And I hope that maybe you pick out one or two things from this that will be good thought points for you. Don't ever try to be what you think I am. Don't ever try to be what you think Mason is. Because... I ain't shit. No, you are You are good. God don't make shit. See, hold the two truths. God don't make junk. <laughs> you are made, if you're religious, you're made in the image of God, but you're never going to be God. That's right. Um, but one more truth I want to leave you with, and that is no matter how much you think I, you think I may have, no matter how outstanding you think Mason is, and he is outstanding, You have no idea what price we have paid to get to where we are. You have no idea what price we are currently paying. You have no idea whether you are willing or able to pay the prices we are paying to be who we are today. What I want to leave you with is I want you to understand. I want you to learn what you want out of life. Have a, have a have a guiding light. Have not an end point, but a next point. And then test if you are willing or able to pay the price to get there. If you're not capable or you're not willing, get over it. And then ratchet it down or up from that point. But we are endowed in this country with three unalienable rights. The right to life, the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of a Tesla. No, no, wait. What was number Life, liberty, and the pursuit of a big house and a big lot. No. It's life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. happiness. Choose to be happy. Financially, know what your bare-ass minimum is, your BAM. You have to earn that. And then go from there. What else do you want? And what are you willing to give in order to get that? There ain't no sum for nothing. What, what price are you willing to pay to get to the next level? But above all, be happy. Damn. Thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you. You're amazing. You're freaking amazing. I'm fucking, fucking, fucking amazing. Fucking amazing. Fucking amazing.